This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bacon. This is the place where people from all walks of life share their anxiety stories to remind you that you are not alone. If you have an anxiety story you'd like to share, contact us at anxietycanada.com slash ouranxietystories. This is John Bateman, and you're listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Vittoria Mirakami Olintho, correct? Yes, that's correct. correct. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's nice to meet you, and thank you for being on my podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Great, yeah. Name of the show is Our Anxiety Stories, so I always kick it off with asking you, what's your anxiety story? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really interesting question, right? Uh, because each person has such different experiences. And I think um, for me, it started when I was like still living in Brazil. Um, I moved here to Vancouver two years ago and I was born in Brazil. And so um, I'm the oldest um, sibling. I'm the oldest sister um, in my family. And so a lot of responsibility was put on me to take care of my sisters, to look mm. like um, take care of my even my parents' feelings and everything. Um, mm. And so when I first moved here, of course, everything was new and I didn't know anything. Um, my parents stayed back in Brazil. And so I was basically living with my uncles. Um, and so being here all alone and like, well, not alone because I was with my uncles, but I wasn't really close to them. So being right. here in a new country um, really affected how anxious I got. Um, I never really realized how much anxiety I had until I was all alone with like my thoughts. Um, because back in Brazil, I had like my sister and my other sister, like both always talking to me. And mm-hmm. I never really had time to really think about what my own feelings were. And so um, starting a new school and having to interact with people all over again and to have to build all of this uh, network was really hard for me. And it really made me very anxious about um, sort of things like having to wake up in the morning and then um, go to school and like um, try to interact with people that I wasn't really close to. It was really hard for me. And especially having to leave all my friends back home and having to worry about like, like how are they doing now right and we don't really talk to as much and so um yeah it was really rough time and like after two years now um i'm able to like create this network and to kind of set my roots here in vancouver um and now it will all start over again because i'm moving to university (laughs) so of course um, yeah. So and it's it, just a cycle, you know? Yeah, of course. If you can describe to me, had you experienced anxiety to any degree before you came here and experienced sort of this, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like a culture shock for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I still did, but it wasn't really pronounced. Like I didn't like really think like, wow, I'm like really anxious. I need to like, um, like seek help. But back in Brazil, I had like a regular therapist, uh, like that I met like every week. And so I was able to really talk about that. But when I came here, I didn't really feel like, since my mom was always the one like booking it for me and like, uh, like making me go and everything. Um, I like when I came here, I was like, Oh, I, I don't need to do that anymore. And I really missed that, right? Because now I I, now I have like a regular therapist and like people that I can connect with and even my mom like she's always open for me to talk to her mm-hmm. but first when I first came here it was really hard because I just didn't think it was important but now I know like how really important it was and um, when I was with the uh, bounce back uh, program 
<clears throat> I saw that a lot of other people felt the same way as me. Like it wasn't just like, it wasn't just me who went to therapy and to, who like was looking forward to like um, dealing with my anxiety and other like mental illnesses. So I'm also diagnosed with OCD and it really overlaps a lot of the time. Um, especially now with coronavirus, like it's really hard. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> especially with OCD, right? Cause I don't really want to go outside and like contaminate myself. And also there's like anxiety that's like connected with OCD. And so, um, yeah, but I'm doing well. Like overall, I think I'm a lot better than I was like two years ago. And that's yeah. because I'm able to identify like my feelings and I like I know I'm <clears throat> I know I'm anxious. I know like I might have like spikes in OCD, but um it's all like very manageable com- like compared to when I didn't know about it and I didn't know how to manage it. How does it how does it compare? So your peers, like let's say the peers that you had back, did you say you're from Brazil? Is that right? Yeah, from yeah. Brazil. So, so your peers and the system, you know, mental health system there compared to it is here. How, how is it different? Were your friends aware that you're going through something there? Um, and was it, you know, I, I guess I'm wondering about the stigma there, if there's a cultural stigma there with it as there is here. Yeah, absolutely. There's like a huge stigma in Brazil. And um, I was from this really competitive school um, that was like, um, like really focused on getting people to university. But in reality, only very few were able to get to like the university that they wanted to. And there was a lot of pressure onto students to really compete with each other and to be on top of like all their schoolwork and extracurriculars and everything. Um, and with that came a lot of like, like, com- like everyone was competing with each other and everyone was like trying to get at each other. And it, it was like, it was hard to create real connections. And um, whenever like, you would like say something like, Oh, I'm suffering with like this or like that. Or like, I'm, I'm like having anxiety um, or like I'm suffering from depression. Like people would like find it weird and they'll like be like, Oh, like, Oh, are you going to a therapist or something? And that's like, like in an offensive way, you know, like even yeah. though it's like a really important part of like development. Um, like I've been going to therapist since I was like four years old. And like, right. I'm, I'm really thankful for my mom uh, for like, putting me in therapy even though like I thought it was boring or like I like, didn't see the need to um I feel like it really helped me develop like as a person and like to really grow and um like I'm not saying like my, my friends were like like oh they're, they're not developed as developed because they're didn't go to therapy but I'm sure like um they might have more struggles with like things that it's hard to deal like on your own yes. and I think yeah once I come came here to Canada there was a lot less stigma but I still think like I'm not like if I tell someone like oh I'm going to therapy people will be like oh like is something wrong like um like I can help you too and whatever like it's it's, like it's coming from a good place coming from a point of caring more than anything else so the so the so the young people that you that you your friends in Brazil versus you think the young people in Canada that you kind of got to know or your friends that are your people that are your friends now they kind of have a better had a better understanding from your perspective of what you're yeah, going I through? Think, I think they do. I think um, even the Canadian system, like educating people about like, um, like health and mental health, it really like putting mental health right beside um, like physical health. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I know it's not perfect still, but I think like, especially in the media, everything, people are really portraying as like a really, like, it's like really, it really affects people's like day-to-day lives. And mm-hmm. um, I think they're like media is very, correct like it's very right for doing that like of course there are like some other things like uh romantization of like um 
of mental illness and all that stuff. But I, like, I still think the media has um, portrayed mental illness in a way that um, will help people identify with it and like, like talk about it. Like, even though um, they might not have the mental illness, they might like feel like, like anxiety, like a lot of people, like most people feel anxiety, right? They might not have like, yeah. uh, it constantly, but they can still talk about it and they can still like identify it in each other and like offer help and such. So was your anxiety, uh, so when you, when you came here, you came and stayed with a relative and your parents stayed back. Did I gather that correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my mom had like, had like two, two like my, my two other siblings, right? So like I came here basically on my own because um, it was either my uncle or like a, like a homestay. And since my uncle was already here, like I decided to stay with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that must have been quite an adjustment. Uh, how long were you, did you end up being separate from sort of your core family? Um, so for the first time, I think it was a, like, my mom came with me to like to visit here, but it was just her. So I, I spent like, I think a whole year um, without even going back for like seeing everyone else. Um, but then I did go back to Brazil to like visit everyone. It was really like important for me because I even feel like I feel stronger and like more healthy when I'm around people who like I'm really close to and especially my family. And yeah. it, like, it's like, I feel it like it's like visible, like it's like tangible, you know, like, you know, you feel a lot stronger and even like less anxious when you're around people that you trust and people mm-hmm. that have been with you like for your whole life. Uh, yeah, with my yeah. sister like it's really important for me to like be close to her and she's like my best friend and everything yeah but so you're all back together now for all intents and purposes though no i'm still my sister came here to live with me um at the start of this year yeah. um which was a very unfortunate moment because uh my mom wasn't able to come also and so she's two years younger than me and like even though we're really close and we're there for each other, it's hard for like her to find all the support that she needs as like a teenager that's two years younger than me. Like I'm already like quite established here, but she just came here, right? And then suddenly COVID happens. And um, now I have even more like stress about like, oh, is she doing okay? Like, do I have to like, like ask my mom to like bring her back or, or like anything? Like, of course I want to be with her, but I also don't know like if I'm giving her all the support that she needs. Yeah, well, you're taking on uh, a couple of roles there. Like you're essentially taking on a parenting parenting role and a sister role and a friend role. That's a lot to take on for somebody who already has sort of that anxious disposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's it's kind of like um, like it wouldn't happen if it didn't like if COVID didn't happen. That's why it kind of sucks, right? It's not like uh, like I talked to my mom about it and she's like, yeah, I know, like you're suffering with like a lot of stress and everything like even for yourself because you have OCD and everything um but also because you have to be worried about someone else and I know my mom is like very active like um parenting with me and like she like connects with me like every day um but it's still like very hard right and it gives me like I think that's one of the biggest points of like anxiety for me right now um other than of course like university and like not knowing if I'm going to be like on campus, maybe like in the winter. Um, but I think that's one of like the most stressful parts of my life right now. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm not even worried about like COVID for me personally. Like I know a lot of other people have like a lot more, um, a lot more worries about COVID, mm-hmm. um, but I'm more worried about her. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's what I mean. You're kind of taking on that role. So, I mean, the, the thing about anxiety, as you know, you know, you experience is a very isolating condition. You know, you often feel very alone. So when 
when COVID hit, um, it was kind of like double isolated. You know, not only like you have anxiety, but you're kind of not supposed to leave your house. Mm -hmm. Um, And not only that, you're away from sort of key members of your family. Um, How did you manage to cope with that? How what got you through that? Yes, I think um, for like COVID, it's like you even have anxiety to go outside. Like even when you're able to go outside, like like regulations have been lifted, like here in Vancouver, mm-hmm. um, you're still anxious to go outside because there's like the possibility of con- like attacking like a virus. Um, but the way I kind of kept myself like going was um, really like I picked up an internship like before like everything happened so it was like a marketing like design stuff and like I really enjoy doing that kind of thing and um I think for me it was really keep myself busy like I picked up like new hobbies and I started doing more things because um when I'm when I wasn't like always at home I was had a very active like um day-to-day so I had like school and then I had like a couple of curriculars and then a bunch of like work afterwards and then I would like talk with my family and so I had to kind of fill in all of the space with like other stuff right which isn't like exactly healthy because I'm kind of like trying to like fill like a hole but it was good for me like that I'm like still like relatively healthy compared to like when I first started quarantine because when I first started like um it felt really empty like I was all day at home and like the only thing like really telling apart the start of the day from the end was like the sun rising and the sun setting yeah, yeah. and there's nothing else like everything else is the same like there's just still your home and yeah. um a lot of people rely on routine right they rely on like um getting up to like a breakfast and then like going to work or like going to school which is an excellent thing with anxiety like routine mm-hmm. is really key for ang- people who have anxiety yeah for sure because um sometimes like i would get anxious anxious about like going to school but i know like um, once I was there, it was a lot better. Like mm-hmm. when I was at home, I felt kind of like sheltered and like, oh, I'm safe here. And mm-hmm. uh, like, I'm not going to be like worried about like what other people will think of me or anything. Um, but then w- once I was there, if like, oh, it's not like that bad, you know, but then mm-hmm. the anxiety would keep going on for like each activity. But once I have a routine, it's like, oh, I have to go to school anyway. So like, I'll just go. Right. So what I'm interested, what I'm interested in is, so you have this pre-COVID where you're, you keep yourself busy, you've got lots of hobbies, you're doing lots, then all of a sudden not. Um, Was there a, was there a period of time where, you know, that kind of stressed you out and it took you a while to realize, oh, I've got to get back into something. I've got to figure out a routine. I've got to get busy again. Was there a period of time where it took you a while to figure that out? Or did you kind of automatically go into that, uh, you know, working on a new routine that was COVID friendly? Um, definitely like there was a like a really long period where I didn't know what to do because I saw people all around me like still doing stuff and it really stressed me out because like I was usually the one like that was like also doing a bunch of stuff and um like I had friends that would always like do work and everything but then there was like one month after like I kind of finished all my school work and um like like I couldn't go to school anymore so I like I had had nothing to do right and Mm. for the first week it was like oh that's really fun like it's like I'm like on vacation and um I'm able to like do the things that like I've never been able to do like um like writing poetry and like painting and whatever and like it was really fun right but after one week like it was like oh is this gonna be like what it's gonna be like for the next months like I'm gonna wake up every day and like just do whatever and then sleep again 
Um, yeah. And I kind of started thinking, like, what can I do to fill in the time? And it's really stressful, like, trying to figure out things because you don't want to do things just because you feel the need to, right? You want to do things because you actually want to. Yeah, and of course. Yeah, it's hard to, like, really find the things that you actually want to do and you're willing to do it for, like, to keep yourself healthy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I started, like, kind of working out because I really wanted to, like, get into, like, doing ballet. I even had booked classes like for the like the month that COVID started and like it really sucked that I couldn't get back into doing ballet. And so now what I'm doing is like I'm doing stretching and like kind of small workouts to get back into doing that. And it really helped me thinking forward and not really focusing on what's happening now. Like I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting ready for when COVID ends and hopefully it will end sooner than like um Sooner than like my expectations will go for. Well, it, I mean, it will yeah. end at some time. You know, pandemic <laughs> have come and gone for us. But um, I, w- what's interesting is the way you're thinking is also a strategy that I've you know employed too, and it's kind of one that goes against a little bit of what people say. Like when you when you have anxiety, they tell you not to ruminate too much or to think too much about the future. I mean, we it's easy to get involved in this future fear thing, but you know, I, I've, I do it and you sounds like you do it where you use that kind of future thinking to your advantage, where you use it as an opportunity to think, okay, I've got this ahead of me. I've got that ahead of me. I've got this coming. I've got that coming. I use that on a daily basis. If I'm having a hard day, I can always say to myself, well, I'm looking forward to being in bed and listening to my podcast, but it sounds like you've got that where you're, you, you're kind of lining yourself up for that future stuff, but in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it really helps me because, um, since like um, my day is like not very filled of this stuff, like before I didn't really have time to think about like what's going to happen and like, like what am I looking forward to? But now I can really think about what my priorities are and like the things that I really enjoy and things I'm looking forward to. So I think the things I'm most looking forward to, like when the school starts is like actually going to school and like learning and um, also like starting to do ballet and like getting involved with like, uh, school clubs such as debate like something I really enjoy and that's what keeps me going right if I didn't have these things to think about um I would probably be like like when is it gonna end like um, yeah. I, I'd be thinking more about like what's uh, more about like COVID related stuff like yeah they're kind of like be, li- they're kind of like little rewards right they're little rewards yeah, for to sure. look forward to. like if I if I handle this now like later on I will have like all the stuff that I'm looking forward to Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, your work with the Canadian Mental Health Association Bounce Back Youth Advisory Committee. How did you get involved with that? Um, so I think I was like going through the internet to find like new stuff to do because um, for my school, um, they encourage like service and being involved with the community. And are we so, talking? Are we talking high school at this point? Or are we talking college? Yeah, high school, high school. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm in, I I just finished grade 12 in high school. I graduated recently. And so I was going to go to university like first year, (laughs) which makes things even worse. Um, But yeah, so I was like in grade 11, I think when I first started, Um, Mm -hmm. or maybe the end of grade 12, uh, start of grade 12. And um, I was just Googling stuff like my school, like I just ended a position um, with this other organization where like I was also in a youth council. So I was looking for something similar. And I found it and like it was perfect for me like even my my school counselor was like oh you're really interested in like mental health this is really inter- like fun for you uh, and I was like really glad I found it and um, what I did with um, the youth council is that um, we would like have meetings that we will discuss about like like mental health 
and like initiatives that we can take to improve our like mental health awareness in our community. And so um, at the start, we were planning on doing like um, like presentations and kind of like physical like seminars and things to really educate people on like um, like the resources you can access. Since we're all youth, we're not able to give our own personal like um, education and like advice, but we're able to point people to the resources and talk about our own experiences mm -hmm. and that's what um i really like doing i like talking about like what i've been through and um like telling people like they're not alone and that's what i like was looking forward to do and that's what i like was we were planning to do but then COVID happened and so we moved our gears towards uh, a more online approach and um this came with through the like the mediums of social media we were kind of um, making posts like, oh, you can access like these resources, but on like Instagram stories or Instagram posts or like even direct messages to people. Mm -hmm. um, and we, uh, other people also like uh, wrote blogs and uh, other things. Like I, I wrote like, a, I wrote a blog and I'm writing one right now. And um, one is about like productivity during coronavirus, mm -hmm. um, which is like something all of us are probably struggling with because it's hard to keep productive when like there's so many other things stressing you. Is that um, blog is that blog live now? Uh, I'm not sure if it's live now, but mm -hmm. I think it's going to be published like very soon. Oh, um, yeah, and so um, I think you probably find it like googling my name, maybe in the future. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. So yeah, and I'm writing. We'll, we'll put it in the me. we'll put it in the pod in the podcast description. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I have a link, yeah. Yeah. And um, the, another one is like mental health awareness, which is the one I'm kind of working on right now. And um, it's just like more in general, like not necessarily COVID related, but like um, like my experience with mental health and like how awareness like will help it, like help people's experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and the last thing I did is uh, following like our initial thoughts about like the council, um, we did like uh, me and my friend, we did like a webinar. Um, and we presented it to like um, this TMHA, like, like um, there were a couple of adults that like were interested in like uh, watching the webinar. And so they attended the seminar. I think it was like 30 to 40 people. Wow. Um, yeah, I have the recording now. I have the recording so I can also like send it to you and like, maybe link it somewhere. Yeah, for sure, for um, sure. Yeah, and so that was like, I think that was the highlight for me. It was really interesting seeing all the people, like we prepared like a whole slides, all of stuff, like full of stuff, like how COVID is affecting students and how online learning is totally different from like in-person learning. And it requires like different set of skills and different like, uh, like you need to be different, like you need to be more focused and like all the distractions that can happen and anxiety related to having your work, like workplace or study place at home. Um, yeah. All this stuff is like stuff we discussed there because sometimes uh, like parents might not really understand like, oh, but you're at home. Like you should be like, you love being at home, right? Like it's better than going to school. But in reality, it's like sometimes it's not, you know? Of course. Yeah. That's, that's a little bit of a, yeah, that's a stereotype right there that uh, the mm -hmm. kids would rather be at home and, and not be at, uh, at school or doing anything else for that matter. So you graduate, you just graduated 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what, what are your plans? Like, do you hope to kind of keep going with mental health advocacy in the future? Well, a hundred percent. Like mental health for me is one of the most important, like, like it's, it's like, I mean, of course it affects my life. And it's also like one of like the most important things for me. Um, mm -hmm. Because if, if people don't have like the necessary, like 
uh, mental well-being, then they're not able to do the things they love and they don't enjoy things as much. And so yeah. uh, I plan on becoming like, uh, I'm studying like health sciences at McMaster University yeah. um, in the upcoming uh, four years. And so yeah. after I do that, I'm planning on doing something like, like, uh, like become a doctor or like get just getting into research field like immediately. And yeah. in four years, maybe I'll know. <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah. Yeah. But I'm really interested in like starting to learn more about like stuff like more in depth because now what I, all I've been doing is like being an advocate about it and like talking about my own experiences, but mm. hopefully in the future, I'll be able to give extra insight on um, like from a professional's like perspective on how people can improve and like, um, the habits that like um, are like statistically like healthier and less kind of stuff like uh, of course now I don't know how to like say like oh like if you do this you'll get better and whatever mm-hmm. um, I don't, I'm not sure if even a professional can do that but like of course they'll know a bit better and so I'm picking up some courses like um, I'm doing psychology in my first year um, as an elective and then in the second in the second year, I'm planning on doing something um, like a course, to, like an introduction to mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm really interested into like starting doing that on my elective slots and mm-hmm. um, also continuing doing all this work that I've been doing, like uh, sharing my story and um, getting to know other organizations that I can start working with once I'm in um, like Ontario. Yeah. And I plan on having it like part of my life for like for the rest of my life. And um like my dream is to someday like be at a conference and like i'm a doctor or something and i'm able to like help people and like talking i I like talking in public and such and helping people yeah yeah um yeah because i think um people like listening to stories that are similar to them and it helps them grow like i love listening to people talk to it it makes them feel it makes them feel included it makes them feel like they're not alone which is kind of the the base lesson here but what i find is incredible is that you you know you have sort of this perfect storm of skills that you know there's people who can who are who want to be advocates but they don't feel comfortable talking in front of people there's people who are incredibly smart you know in you know with in terms of school but they they don't they don't want to be an advocate they don't want to speak to people there's people who have experience but they don't you have right now you have an incredible powerful set of skills to accomplish what you want to do. Like, I, I can't think of any reason why you're not going to, but to, you know, have the personal experience, to have the intelligence to go into school and get all the degrees that you possibly need. And then the, you know, sort of the icing on the cake is to have this desire and this ability to get up in front of people and communicate your story. That's powerful. You're, you are going to change a lot of lives. That's good to hear. That's my dream. And I really hope that um people like i'm willing to talk i'm i'm uh, hoping like people are also like happy to listen and um like to join the conversation and talk like say their own thoughts and everything um i like it when we're like collaborating like in the youth council and everyone is like sharing their own thoughts and like mm-hmm. um we're able to like create a like a building like kind of experience for everyone involved yeah for sure well uh you you're going to be doing it. And, and I, and I say this to, I've, I've talked to a few young people uh, on this podcast and um, what you do, I mean, you know, here I'm, I'm 52 years old. It took me, it took me till I was about 45 to get, to get, you know, kind of intellectually, but mental health to where you are now. Yeah. 
So, you know, you're about 20 years ahead of me, but, um, but also um, I find you and the and people like you who are out and advocating and uh, relating to young people, you're incredibly inspiring to me. Um, I, I thank you personally for what you're doing because you're going to affect a lot of people, young people when they need it. I, uh, I really look forward to talking to you again and really look forward to seeing what you're going to do in the future because it, it's exciting. So, uh, Victoria, I really appreciate you talking to me today, and I really look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much uh, for choosing this, Michelle. I'm really glad, like, there's like you creating this platform for like youth to talk about like their own experiences, and I think it's like really what's going to change the next ten years, like how people really see mental health, and like um, you're part of like the media that I've been talking about, like how they're really helping us um, mm -hmm. to like get connected with our own feelings and everything. Um, and I'm really grateful that um, like I'm able to speak in this platform. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you want to, I have a feeling we'll be speaking again. That's great. Yeah. I love okay. <laughs> you take care and good luck over the next year. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. Too. See you soon. <laughs> See you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our anxiety stories. If you'd like to support this podcast or Anxiety Canada, go to anxietycanada.com.